Worcestershire, but I've also heard it said Worcestershire. So <laughs> that was for my roommate in college. So when yeah, I shout out we to Matt. Yeah, we were using Worcestershire sauce, and he's like, what's Worcestershire? It's Worcestershire sauce. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, shout out to Matt and his great pronunciations. But, yeah, country-style hamburger in the backseat of the car was probably one of my favorites. It was just so portable, and it's kind of like eating porridge, but with beef, which sounds terrible, but, like, you could put whatever you want with it. So, like, my mom would pair Kraft macaroni and cheese and typically green beans. It was always fresh green beans that she would make. Um, we were spoiled, so like no canned green beans. We always had them fresh or maybe or frozen. Peas. Yeah, yeah and peas. peas. But most of the time it was Kraft macaroni and cheese, although Joe and I have recently been using Costco macaroni and cheese, which we all know I love Costco. They have pre-made macaroni and cheese and it's in the like food that they prepare at on site and you just like stick it in the oven with some good green beans and you put it all layered in a bowl you mix it up and eat it however you like but you can also use regular noodles too yeah i i'm a mac and cheese purist i am a craft mac and cheese purist so i'm i'll I'm skeptical to try Costco mac and cheese, but everything else Costco is so good that I would imagine it would be great. We, uh, Joe bought some the other night and I was like, I don't want to cook. And then he's like, but I bought Costco macaroni and cheese. And I said, okay, I'm cooking. (laughs) (laughs) We could have the macaroni and cheese as a side. And my dad's pretty used to having macaroni and cheese from the, like, Blue Box Blues, Kraft macaroni and cheese. But... He ate, I got to tell you, like, probably a third of the Casco macaroni and cheese all by himself. And even Mim was like, that was really good. So I got to say, you got to try it. It's so good. So recently, Joe and I have been trying to be a little bit more conscious of, like, the environment and everything. So because of that, we've been um, mixing in mushrooms in any beef dish that we do. So you, like... We will use our food processor and shred our mushrooms down and then kind of cook those down. And what they do is they also add extra umami flavor to the dish, which has been so good. So with this um, country style hamburger recipe, it works out really, really good. You can shred down your mushrooms, then use like half mushrooms, half beef. Or if you're just getting started, like a quarter of the amount of mushrooms and beef and uh, it's so good and we've had such good results even in hamburgers and meatballs and stuff like that so um, just something to try if you're into that kind of thing yeah uh, well that's awesome I should try that too next time because I so what kind of mushrooms do you normally use um Joe and I you know because we go to Costco we just buy that one pound container of the baby Bellas and usually we'll use those like scattered throughout the week and so we'll probably most of the time use those I would think like to your point though earlier about the substitute for beef stock you can use some of those dehydrated mushrooms that you can rehydrate in water and then you get that really really good flavor which um I would think would be really good in this. It's just, we haven't used it because it's all about convenience for us. So it's usually those um, baby Bellas, I would say. So I've used the reconstituted mushroom, which is just such a weird, like, it just doesn't sound appetizing, but whatever. Um, Rehydrated. Yeah, there you go. 
the so basically what happens is you you have your dried mushrooms instead of your fresh mushrooms right they usually come in like some plastic packaging which is not the best but whatever and you come home and there's like directions on the package and you basically put them in boiling water for however long and they end up looking like fresh mushrooms for the most part except all of the water that was originally like boiled and poured over them is now like black so that is kind of like the stuff that we're talking about. I've used it in recipes before. I think I made like a mushroom ragu like years ago and it used that, which was really interesting. And the ragu, ragu was amazing. Yeah, but I think it'd be really good in this recipe too. So maybe I, maybe I'll try it before we launch it. Um, but yeah, and again, we'll probably say this a million times in this episode, but we're going to write all of these out and put them on the website. So you are welcome to check that out at arethedrunkinthere.com. Ooh, celebrity appearance. Celebrity. I'm getting my mimosa refilled by the best, Studio best. Studio staff, Mrs. Seabrook. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> That's Hi, my Joe. husband, Joe. It's so convenient that he came in right now because one of the next recipes that we had to talk about was his mom's arroz con pollo, which I got to say, when Joe and I first met, um... He wasn't exactly the best cook, but now he's really, really good. And so, (laughs) okay, so he wants me to tell you this story. So when we first met, um, he decided he was going to make dinner for me, which um, I was really excited about because no guy I ever dated made dinner for me other than this one back in high school, whatever. Long story. But the secret, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) hey it worked but so he decided he was gonna make dinner for me and i it was great so we went to Publix together we were walking around and he's like okay i got this chicken dish i want to make and it's not a roast compoil so we're gonna circle back to that and we go we go into the aisle we get some chicken and i'm like okay great so we're in the aisle we're getting chicken we put the chicken in the cart then we walk by all the fresh vegetables. We walk by all the fresh like food and we go into the canned aisle, oh, no. which of course, of course, at this point, I'm having a mini heart attack, right? And it's a bougie. You yeah, know. exactly. And so he goes and he picks up uh, cream of chicken. And I'm fine with it. But then he goes to the canned green beans. And I was like, there's fresh green beans around the corner. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? And he's just like, oh, OK. Like, he never made fresh green beans in his life and so we had to go so I made him pick out fresh green beans which I like my green beans a little less done he likes his a little bit more done but not quite to the brown state now he'll eat them like kind of in between but like he made them fresh for the first time and I like them a little bit more crunchy and I I gotta tell you he just pushed them around the plate but we get yeah. home. I, okay, pause though, because I'm the same way. Because mom, mom is like you. Both of you kind of do your green beans like al dente, but mm-hmm. I'm like Joe. I will cook them until they have a soft bite, as opposed to like a hard bite. If that makes sense. But yeah, not brown, it. not like overdone. Right, and I like them like that as well. Um, but I prefer them al dente for sure. But yeah, so I was like, ah, oh, okay. And he goes into the cabinet to make me this food. And he's like looking around and looking around and looking around. And he turns to me and I said, what? What's wrong? And he's like, where's your garlic salt? And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Garlic salt? And I'm like, okay. So I go into the cabinet and I get him garlic powder and I give him salt. And I said, garlic salt. And 
And then, so he makes this whole meal with his first time apparently using garlic powder in his life. Which, usually Emily and I are are uh, fresh garlic people, but like, um, but for this, I was like, well, I have it in the cabinet, so I'll let you use it, whatever. Nah, not me. Correction. I will dump a whole handful of garlic powder in my tomato sauce. Good for I'm you. <laughs> Good for you. Lazy, lazy. Anyway, go ahead. But, so he's eating his meal and he looks sad and he's like, it didn't come out as good as I thought. He's like, I only really know how to make it with garlic salt. <laughs> oh, poor guy. But anyway, so after we're done eating, I was like being polite because, you know, it was one of our first dates, basically. And um, being polite, I was like, that was pretty good. I didn't really enjoy it, guys. I'm sorry. But Wait, like, does uh, he know this or is this yeah, he be like a truth bomb? He knows. Okay. He knows. It gets worse. So then he turns to me and he goes, man, you must not be that good of a cook because, <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, and because I don't think it was that good. And I was like, you don't know I was being polite and I thought this was terrible. I didn't tell him that, but I was so mad. And basically, we almost never would have gotten married at that point. But then the next day he brought me flowers, so it's fine. <laughs> and that's the tea oh man but it was really cute it was cute and it was like the first time a guy had like made dinner for me in college and I was like this is really nice even though the comment afterwards I was like come on yeah we should look up the difference in like garlic salt and garlic powder and and salt because I wonder if you know how there's different I mean I'm sure you know this but like there's different saltiness and salt which we can get to on a different episode mm-hmm um, I wonder if that has something to do with it as well. I've been on the hunt for um, diamond crystal salt because apparently that's what all the like fancy chefs use. And I don't know, it's better. I don't, than... know. I don't know that I've heard of that. Yeah. So on the Netflix documentary, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, which is fantastic. If you've got a Netflix subscription, it should still be on there. And I highly recommend it. Um, they talk about the different like salinities between um, a few of the different salts. And she definitely like highly recommends the diamond crystal however circling back because we always go on these tangents mm -hmm. the next we were talking about orozco pollo so oh, tell me yeah. about that one okay so this one is kind of from joe's mom which honestly i had never had a rose pollo before before he had made it for me and which was not this time that we were just talking about yeah no this was like I don't know, probably sometime when we lived in Pennsylvania. So um, probably right before we got married. But he had called his mom and asked her for this recipe because I told him that I really, really like, you know, um, like Latin food and stuff like that. And he was like, oh, my mom makes this recipe of arroz con pollo. So uh, essentially, cute. I know it's so Hi, great. Mom. It's so great. It's so adorable. And um, so he called her, he got all the ingredients, and he made a big pot of it, and it was so good. But um, it's actually uh, pretty easy, like, recipe-wise to make. Um, so typically it's made with, or, well, his recipe is made with chicken, sofrito, which we'll get into a little bit after I list all the ingredients, rice, peppers, onions, and more rice, apparently, because I thought that that was important. Um, and <laughs> Make sure you've paste. got rice. <laughs> so, and tomato paste. But um, so, so frito is 
uh, a seasoning that you can buy in a can, but also Joe and I have made it homemade before. So what we do is in our food processor in like the, with the blade, we'll pulverize onions, bell pepper, green pepper, cilantro, and garlic. And I add salt because I never know how much we're going to use. So it's better for preservative, but um, essentially all you do is like chop everything up, put it in the pot, cook it uh, with the rice and the tomato paste and sometimes tomato stock. We've used water before. It doesn't come out as good. I said tomato stock, but I meant chicken stock. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then you just cook it for a pretty long time until the rice is done. And then that's it. You like eat it. It's so good. It's like a casserole. But Joe wanted me to, when I asked him about the recipe, he wanted me to tell you that like, Sometimes when he makes or he would ask his mom to make it, she would slave over it all day and make this big to do about how long it took. Like, oh, I made this all day. And he's like, but I swear sometimes she would just put it in the microwave and then we'd have it. He's like, so I'm really confused because it took me all day. And so we're thinking that it has to do with like what type of rice you use. Right. So like if you get the rice that takes like a couple hours to cook it'll take longer but like oh man guys I gotta tell you throw that thing in the pot and I could eat bowls upon bowls of it sometimes I toss it on top of lettuce and eat it like a salad I don't know it's really good wait let me guess is it your instant pot you use for this (laughs) well so recently we started using the instant pot for it um and so Joe will saute the chicken with all that stuff and then he'll just put it on the rice setting of the instant pot which uses a little bit of pressure um and we'll do like a one-to-one liquid to rice ratio which that's what you should do in your instant pot um and then it's basically done once you've sauteed all the vegetables with the rice and everything and it's so good especially if you use the homemade sofrito nice i wonder because so every time i go to chipotle i get um the sofritas which is basically, it sounds like something similar, which is basically just a bunch of vegetables with like tofu though. Um, so yeah. the things, yeah, the things that you listed in the sofrito, but like plus tofu. So you get a little bit of protein in there. I wonder if I can make this with tofu or like tofu crumbles or something like that. So if you could, well, I guess I could just get it off of our website then. Cause. Yeah, yeah, I'll type, <laughs> I'll type it out. Yeah, it's really good. It's super easy to make too. If you got a small food process, so you just... The ratios are all the same. Sometimes I use jalapeno because I'm feeling spicy that day. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So that's all about arroz con pollo. And, again, we'll put our recipe on the website. Cool. Yeah. What's next? So moving on from arroz con pollo to a more, like, homey type food, which Emily and I also grew up on. Yes. Uh, ham and cheese casserole, which my husband likes to refer to as ham and cheese pasta. No idea why, other than the fact that there's pasta in there. So my mom has been making this for years, and it was always one of our favorite, favorite casseroles. And you just make it in a casserole dish. So it's made up of what's called a bechamel sauce, which is a white sauce that you use in a lot of different types of uh, recipes. So the bechamel sauce is a butter, flour, milk base, 
Uh, the flour will thicken the sauce. The butter comes first, and you heat the butter in the pan. Then you add the flour, which will thicken the sauce. And then from there, you'll add the milk slowly, um, because if you add the milk really fast, what will happen is your flour will thicken really quick, and you'll have like little blobs of flour. So you just got to be careful with that. And then you have a white sauce, and you can season it however you like. For this recipe, my mom likes to use white pepper, which is so good and then um, a little bit of salt and then that's basically your sauce base for the casserole so a couple questions um yeah um so you, you're is that kind of like you're making a roux but like while you're making the bechamel like you have to start with a roux right yep roux anyway um <laughs> uh, i've heard of like roux like splitting or something did i just make that up in my head or is that what you're talking about when you're like yeah you'll have little bits of flour or whatever no. Okay. So that's, that's a little bit different, but good question. So when your roux splits, that's when, um, you'll have like oil off. So you'll see when you add the flour to the pan, instead of it being like floury, you'll see oil mixed in with the flour. So that's when you have like a split in your sauce. You can see that with macaroni and cheese too. So like, uh, for example, when you melt a cheese and you see all that oil on top, that's oil off and you'll kind of see something like that as well. So um, you can definitely have that sometimes if you overcook it or you don't have enough of the flour, it won't really kind of form around the oil to make that kind of what we like to call homogenous blend. Yeah, that makes sense. I think... Um... I can say I've maybe made a roux in my life like a couple times, but I don't think that's ever happened. Um, mm -hmm. But also my second question for you regarding the bechamel is, are there any kind of more plant-based options for those of us who are not just pescatarian, vegetarian, but vegans who would maybe want to try this recipe? Yeah. So I did a little bit of research on that because I love this recipe so much. So I was like, man, there's got to be a vegetarian quote unquote white sauce because that's what bechamel is. It's the base white sauce from, I think, French cooking. Um, yes. Okay, perfect. What I did is I kind of listed it out. So it's oil, flour and milk. And you can actually substitute in your vegan options there, right? So if you don't want to use butter because you're vegan, then you can go for something like an olive oil, which will lend a little bit of flavor. So you can do avocado, you can do your canola, you can do um, a little bit of the less flavorful oils as well. And then, of course, your milk, which obviously will be a plant-based milk. I would go with something like a more blander flavor like the cashew or some oat sometimes if you're going to be using it in a savory dish sometimes for me at least I find the almond milk lends a lot of flavor that I don't necessarily think pairs well with um anything more. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be nice about it but yeah so I, I you know I would I would choose something like a cashew milk and I know a lot of times when people make the cheese sauces which do have a white base they they opt for the cashew milk and like a nutritional yeast or something like that yeah definitely um i've done a, a bunch of recipes where i just use nutritional yeast instead of cheese especially if it's not the main player and i know these have that these we're going to get to like the cheese component of this in a second but oh my goodness talking about almond milk i refuse to buy almond milk from trader joe's now because i swear to you every time i try and cook with it whether it's i made biscuits one time or i made um 
like anytime I put it in like my mac and cheese and I don't get the flavored kind like don't get the vanilla kind I just get regular unsweetened almond milk and I refuse to buy it from Trader Joe's because every time I like heat it up of any type of anything it tastes terrible there's this very strong flavor that it has and I like oh bleh no not happening anyway so mini tangent and rant over so okay so the next part is the cheese so tell me about the cheese so again bechamel number one ingredient the sauce base is what really gives it the oomph but then from there what happens is you kind of make pasta and then you'll layer the bechamel with some cheese and so my two cheeses of choice are fontina and jarlsberg but my mom always made it with monterey jack and swiss so again as I've grown older, I've found fancier and fancier tastes in cheese, and those two are my favorite, but uh, feel free to swap in whatever types of cheese you like. Now, going back to some of the vegan questions that you had before, there are more and more vegan-type cheeses coming out. So um, if you're looking to make like some comfort food, you absolutely can get some pasta, make the pasta, layer it with the vegan cheese, and then the bechamel, and it is awesome and then the final part of this recipe is the ham now again i know we think oh gosh like ham and vegan but there are some vegan options for ham out there like i know tofurkey has one and if you're really looking to have like ham and cheese casserole you can or you could just make it kind of like a cheese pasta if you want as my husband likes to call it ham and cheese pasta but yeah so the the ham is just ground right up and you layer it all together kind of like a lasagna but with spaghetti and then you put some cheese on top and put it in the oven and then you take it out and it's uh it's so good cheesy goodness I remember mom used to make this a lot of the time after she would have a honey baked ham too so Mm -hmm. this is a great like quote-unquote leftovers recipe Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know some people really like to have ham at Thanksgiving, my husband's family being one of them. So again, like when you have a lot of meat on the table and you have a lot of leftovers, this is a great option for ham leftovers and we love it. Yeah. So that's probably as many recipes as we have time for. We'll definitely send out. We have plenty. So there's there's plenty yep. of the list. So like we said, um, all these recipes will be available on AreTheyDrunkInThere.com. Hopefully, if you try them, let us know. Send us a note um, and let us know if you ha- made any improvements. We always like a good improvement because, you know, we make them on our recipes all the time. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, uh, thanks, everybody. And thanks for bye. listening. Bye. bye.